You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. It's great to have uh, our online community joining us this morning, Grace Online. Why don't you give them a welcome? They're joining us uh, via the camera. Someone was asking me just this past week, said, Pastor, why do we have like all of the movement on the platform during worship? Uh, It's a bit distracting. And so I explained to them, as I'm going to explain for you, for our online uh, community, which is actually rather large because of our present reality of safer at home, uh, it gives the individuals at home um, a more interactive worship experience. That's why we have some cameras moving around in case you were wondering, just so we can serve our online community well. So it's great to have all the folks connecting in with us this morning. Well, I want to begin with a question this morning. How many of you like playing in the dirt? Like gardening or planting flowers? Awesome. A few dirt people here today. That's good. My parents tell me that as a child I could spend hours playing in the dirt. Like I would take my my toys and go to the dirt pile and create all kinds of things. And what I enjoyed as a child's not left me as an adult. I still like playing in the dirt. I enjoy planting things and watching them grow. Matter of fact, as we're... Coming into this fall season, I just got my garden all tilled up, and I got the kale and the spinach uh, and the lettuce all planted for the fall harvest. Uh, So dirt is still fun for me today. And and this morning, we're going to continue looking into Jesus' words as we look at another parable that he told, and this one is all about dirt. It's all about differing types of dirt. And out of this story, Jesus connects this connection we're going to make this morning. He connects dirt to our heart. And the condition of our heart. And we're going to get, we're going to, get to that more in just a minute. Um, but can I tell you my favorite joke about dirt? I'm going to anyway, so just say sure, Pastor. <laughs> there was a scientist who went to God and says, God, we can clone humans now. We can make life. We can take care of ourselves like we don't need you anymore. God says, Really? Is that what you think? He says, show me how you can make humans. Show me how you can make life. And the scientist agreed, so he reached down and he he grabbed a handful of dirt and he started to make his human when God promptly stops him and says, whoa, not so fast, get your own dirt. (laughs) We're back to the dirt. If you're not a lover of the dirt... You may not know that like there's multiple there's multiple kinds there's uh, there's different types of dirt. As a matter of fact, there's multiple places that you can go to actually get dirt tested. Uh, so you you pull a soil sample and you can go to a number of places and they will test the quality of your soil and they will actually tell you what your dirt what your soil is missing. Uh, and then with that, they'll even tell you what substance, what minerals you can add to improve the quality of your dirt. So if you were to engage in this process, you would discover that there's different types of soil, but there's also different responses that you can take to the soil to enhance the soil to make it more productive. Well, Jesus certainly understood this, so he took something that was really common. So think, think, this is kind of back to the day that this parable would have been told. 
Um, this was an, an agrarian culture. In other words, they, they lived by what they grew. They didn't have the luxury that you and I have. I mean, you know, you can run down to the Publix, you can run down to the Harris Teeter, you can run down to the food line and get whatever you want to fix for dinner, but they didn't have that luxury. Matter of fact, most of what ended up on their table for dinner, they grew. And so Jesus took something that was very common, this kind of whole process of sowing and reaping and production, and he draws some pretty interesting biblical truths out of this common analogy. Um, And so I I want us to read, if you have your scripture, you can look with me to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read the first part of this parable. There's kind of two parts to this. There's, There's the parable that Jesus told, and then the disciples say, can you explain that for us? And then following the parable, there's a bit of an explanation as Jesus is expounding on what exactly this parable means. But let's read the first part, beginning with verse 1, chapter 13. That that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up. Notice what happened. It choked out the plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears... Let him hear. And this parable is unique for a a number of reasons. First, it's one of the few parables that's found in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, It's also unique in that it was most likely the first parable that Jesus would have told. So this is the first time that he's used a parable to illustrate truth. Not only that, this parable would be foundational. Matter of fact, if you look to how this parable is recorded in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus speaks of how it has great significance because it's foundational. Why is it foundational? It's foundational because if we cannot hear and receive the Gospel, if we cannot hear and receive God's Word, then there's there's not the possibility of salvation, right? There's not the possibility of, of hearts being transformed. So this parable is significant for us in that it, it's foundational and that it holds uh, great truth for us. See, a changed heart and a changed life begins with an, op- an openness and a receptive response to truth. So as we look at this parable, we need to ask the question, okay, what do the things represent? Because Jesus is making an analogy. A parable is a story that's thrown alongside a truth to bring it to life. So we have to ask, okay, what, what do these things mean in this parable? Well, first we have the sower. The sower in this parable represents God. God's the sower and the sower has a plant. So God's sowing the seed and he has a plant and the plant is what? He wants growth. He wants productivity. He wants to see fruitfulness. So God is the sower and he's sowing the seed. So what's the seed? The seed in this parable is the word of God. And the seed has a purpose. See, like in in any seed, there's always uh, purpose and, and greater potential. 
Think about that. In any seed, there's always purpose and greater potential. For example, if you were to take a tiny tomato seed, I don't know if you've ever looked at a tomato seed, but a tomato seed is like tiny, tiny. If you take a tomato seed and plant the tomato seed, then you get a tomato plant. Thank you. You get a tomato plant, and on that tomato plant, you're going to have maybe 15 to 20 tomatoes that are full of tomato seeds. So in that little seed, what there's, there's purpose and potential. You, you take a, a kernel of corn, you sow a kernel of corn, and you get a stalk of corn. And on stalk of corn, you have three to four ears of corn that have hundreds of kernels of corn. Within that one seed, there's the purpose, there's the potential, and so it is in the Word of God. The seed represents the Word of God, and the seed has a purpose. The seed has potential. But the growth potential of the seed is connected to the quality of the soul. So what does the soul represent? In this parable, the soul represents the heart of those who hear the Word and their potential for spiritual growth. Just because God's word is alive and life transforming doesn't mean simply that it's going to have its effect. The effect of the word is really connected to the condition of the soul, the condition of the heart. So the quantity, the quantity of the harvest is dependent upon the quality of the soul. It's a significant statement. The quality of the harvest is dependent on what? The quality of the soul. So we want greater harvest than what? We have to address the issues of our So, So this parable is really all about your heart, my heart, about our heart's response to God's word. When the heart is broken up and cultivated, the word can become deeply rooted. And when the word is deeply rooted, then you experience the fruitful result. You, you experience the potential of the seed. See, the seed being God's word is always good. It's always effective. The question, the question here, the variable in this parable is the quality of the soul. And so as we work our way through this parable this morning, what I want you to be thinking about is the condition of your heart. Don't be thinking about the condition of your neighbor's heart. Be thinking about the condition of your heart. Because the condition of your heart will determine the effectiveness of God's word and God's work in your life. Now, as we looked at this parable, we need to understand um, the farming process of the day, if you will, the sowing process of the day. Now, I, I grew up um, the son of a pastor, but also the son of a farmer. So I've been kind of like gardening, farming um, pretty much all of my life. And when I set out to plant a garden, I don't just go out and randomly throw seed. When I plant a garden, I'm a bit weird in this way, but sometimes I even stretch a string because I want my rows to be straight. Anyone weird like me? And then I carefully take the seed and place it in the straight row because I want to know where the seed's going. So as we think about farming, even today, as we think about farming, individuals lay out on the large farms. They have planters that's laying out straight rows. You don't have individuals who just go out and, and throw seeds. So this concept may be a, a little new for you. So if I can, let me see if I can illustrate it. A farmer of the day would take something like this, a piece of material, a garment, and they would make something like a pouch, and then they would take 
the garment, put it over their shoulder, and then this pouch is actually carrying the seed. And then they would go about, and then they would just like throw the seed, like this. Sorry for those in the balcony. I tried. That was my best shot. But even as I am like throwing this candy, you notice not all of it fell in your lap. Right? Some of it came to you. Some of it's here on the ground. Some of it's in, if you will, the pathway where everyone's been walking. And so it would be with the farmers. The farmer would go out to sow seed. He would take the seed and it would randomly fall on different types of soil. And so individuals, again, in this day, they would have clearly, I mean, as Jesus is telling this parable, they would have had like this word picture in their mind, like we know exactly what he's talking about. Because as a sower is sowing the seed, again, it randomly falls in different places. And then... Again, as I said, the variable in the parable is the quality of the soil. The quality of the soil determines um, the amount of the harvest, the productivity of the harvest. And so it is. So it is with our hearts. So so it's really important that we look to the condition of our heart. Because as we look to this parable, what we know is that the farmer being God is always good. Can I get an amen on that? The seed being the word is always good. Can I get an amen on that? The question is the soul. I'm not near as confident in you as I am God. I'm not near as confident in me as I am God. I'm confident in God. I'm confident in God's word. But the variable in the parable in the story is us. So let's look at each of these types of soul that... That's referenced here. And it's really not multiple different types of soul. Um, this parable is really about one soul experiencing four different conditions. The four conditions represent the conditions of the human heart. The conditions of the soul represent like different responses people have to God's redeeming word and God's redeeming work. So let's like, take a look at and work our way through each of these types of soul. And let's just talk about it. And again, as I'm talking about these types of soul, think about your own heart. Where might you fall in this parable? Which one of these soul types might best reflect where you're at today? And, and here's the good news. Wherever you're at, it doesn't mean you have to stay there. Wherever you have, it doesn't mean you have to stay there. What? There can be a conditioning of the soul to bring about a different result. So Jesus wouldn't have been telling this parable if that wasn't possible. So again, think about, think about your heart. So let's look at these four types or, or four qualities of the soul. The first um, area that the seed fell that Jesus references the path. The path represents this, the closed heart. The closed heart. So the path would be like um, places where individuals walk. Soul's not naturally hard. It's naturally soft. So you have to do something to make it hard. So how did the soul on the path get hard where there's individuals that's been walking on it? Maybe sheep have been walking and they continue to walk and continue to walk until the soul becomes packed. It becomes hard. 
It's kind of like this, this pathway here. A lot of you, when you came in this morning, you walked down this pathway. And so in that walking in the pathway, obviously it doesn't so much happen here because this is concrete, right? It's like us walking on it can't make it any harder than it is. But if this was dirt and we continue to walk on this dirt pathway, then it becomes packed. The seed falls on that hard soil and it can't germinate. It can't take root. Why? Because it can't penetrate the soil. So what this type soil is closed. And oftentimes individuals come to a place that their hearts become closed. Their hearts become hard, not receptive to. It doesn't have anything to do with whether God's word is effective. It has to do with their response. And their response is that of a closed heart. And we can get there in any number of ways. Maybe there's circumstance or situation that hardens our heart. Maybe there's injuries that happens that hardens our heart. Now, I think of a real story, real situation. There's a, a father whose son died of cancer. And as a result of what was a, a horrific deal, it was tragic. It was painful. As a result of, as a result of the son dying... The father says today, I I can't believe in God. Like if God is good and God is loving, how could he allow that being the cancer to happen to my son? And as he was talking with me, I don't have like the full answer to that question. Like what I can tell you is that we live in a fallen world and because we live in a fallen world, bad things happen People get sick, people die as a result of us living in a fallen world. Outside of that, I I can't give you an answer. What I know is God is loving and God is good, but for this dad, a real situation happened in his life, and today, he would be like the path. Heart is closed, not, not responsive. And... Maybe you know someone, or maybe even in your own life, there's been circumstance or situation that's happened that's brought you to a place where you're kind of like the path. And that you've been, if you can receive this, you've been stepped on. And as a result, it's ended up with your heart being closed. And when the heart is closed, then God's word, which is effective and life transforming, can't take effect. Why? Because the heart is closed. Now, the good news this morning is this, and I mentioned this earlier, just because the, uh, the soil is hard doesn't mean it can't be broken up. Doesn't mean that it can't be made effective. Doesn't mean that it can't be cultivated. It can. But first, we have to realize that we got a problem, and the problem is what? A closed heart. The second type of soil referenced is the rocky soil. The rocky places represent, I believe this, a confused heart. Now, much of the land where Jesus told this story had like a foundation of rock. How many of you know a foundation of rock is good to build on, it's not good to farm on, right? Why? Because there's not much soil and there's rock right below the surface. So this is what would happen. As As the sower is sowing the seed, as the farmer is sowing the seed, as it falls on a rocky place, it's kind of like, you probably can't see this from way back there, but as I was sowing my seed, as I was sowing my candy, there was actually a piece of candy that fell here on this rock. So it is with the farmer who's sowing seed. When the seed falls on the rock... 
it germinates, but it doesn't, it's not able to take root. It's not able to root itself. And so when the sun comes out, as Jesus is telling this story, when the sun comes out, there's not root to sustain the scorching heat. So the plant does what? It withers and dies. What's the problem? It's shallow. There's no root. And oftentimes, I think in our own lives, we hear the word, we receive the word, but we're not living the word. In other words, the, the word's not taken root into our lives. I, I don't mean this to sound in any way this morning um, offensive. I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I do want to be truthful. It's possible that you're here today and, and your relationship with Christ is very shallow. You've received the word. The word's taken root in your life, but you've really not done anything. So what? there's a shallowness in your life. And so then what happens when adversity comes, when the sun comes, when the sun comes out, when adversity comes, there's not the potential of fruitfulness, effectiveness in your life. Why? Because you have no root. You've not taken time to sink the roots. And so you're like this rocky soil. The condition of your heart's like the rocky soil and that, that, that there's, there's, not, um, there's not the depth of the root needed for the fruitfulness to happen in your life. So we have the, the rocky soil. Here's the third type of soil that Jesus spoke of, and it's the thorny soil. Not that the soil was thorny, uh, but that the soul actually grew thorns and, and, and weeds. So I think the thorny soul here repre- represents for us what I would call the cluttered, the cluttered heart. The cluttered heart. So we have, we have the closed heart, we have the confused heart, and then we have the cluttered heart. If you look back to verse 22, so here Jesus is explaining this parable to the disciples. In verse 22, He says, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. Notice, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. Worries of this life, the stuff of this life, it chokes out the fruit. In other words, the seed that germinated and became a plant could not thrive It couldn't survive. Why? Because it was choked out. The thorns and the weeds overtook the plant and it could not get the sun or the nutrients that it needed like to be effective, to to bear fruit. See, this soul is not bad, but it's what I would call unfocused. Unfocused. But there's all of this stuff. It's trying to grow everything. Uh, In trying to grow everything, it doesn't grow the one thing to yield a harvest. There's the thorns, the weeds that's choking out the effectiveness of the seed that's germinated. You know, as I said earlier, I, I enjoy planting in the dirt. I enjoy gardening. What I didn't say is I enjoy weeding or I enjoy hoeing. Some of you don't even know what hoeing is. But growing up on a farm, one of the things that we did, one of the ways we made a living is uh, my dad grew all kinds of vegetables. One year we had six acres of strawberries. And every day we would be out in the strawberry patch hoeing weeds. 
My dad stopped that nonsense when the kids left. I remember every day to the strawberry patch, get your hoe and go to work. This is what my dad knew. He knew that if we didn't take care of the weeds, that the weeds would so overgrow the plants, that the plants, the strawberry plants would not be productive, that the weeds would choke out the light, the weeds would steal the nutrients. So he would send us every day to the strawberry patch to do some hoeing, to take care of the weeds. And if we're not careful, this is what can happen in our lives, especially in this great nation in which we live and in which you have so many options and so many opportunities. How many of you know opportunities abound? So many things you can do. So many hobbies you can enjoy. My wife often tells me, Pharaoh, you got too many hobbies. And let me tell you why I have so many hobbies. I just love doing everything. But when I try to do everything, I don't have time for the main thing. In our Western culture today, where we have been so blessed and we're so prosperous, if we're not careful, we can so chase after stuff and the gathering of material stuff, the gathering of temporary, hear that word, temporary stuff. That we can gather a lot of stuff and the stuff that we're chasing can actually choke out the work of God's word in our lives. Out of these three conditions of the soul, it would be my belief that we are in the greatest way challenged with the stuff of this world and the stuff of this world choking out the work of God in our lives. So what do we need? We need to do a little weeding. A little weeding. We need to stop long enough, and and maybe even this morning, for you in your own life to do a little assessment to say, have I allowed things in my life, or pursuits of my life, or hobbies of my life, that becomes so significant that I no longer have time or place for that of God's word and God's work. Listen, this is one of the things I've come to discover in my own life, and I have to deal with this all the time in me. Listen, if if you're not careful, you can find yourself moving so fast, trying to cover so many bases, that you miss God in the process. What's happened? you you got some weeds that need to be dealt with. I know for me, growing up as a kid, I did a lot of weeding, and I thought I was going to get away from it as I became an adult, and I'm still doing weeding, but today the weeding's in my own life. There's constantly things that are competing for the Word of God and the work of God in your life. And if you're not careful, hear me, friend. I'm not talking about whether you love Jesus or not. I'm I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not. Hear me, friend. If you're not careful, the stuff of this life can choke out the effectiveness of God's word in your life. Just as it did. That's what Jesus is talking about. The problem is not that the word's not effective. No, the word is effective. The problem is, is we got weeds. We have weeds that need to be eradicated. We have weeds that need to be 
pulled. So what? So we don't lose sight on what's most significant. Listen, there's nothing wrong with enjoying some hobbies. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Listen, enjoy the hobbies. Enjoy the life God's blessed you with. Live it up. Have fun. I believe God wants us to have fun. But just be careful that the stuff of this life doesn't choke out. It doesn't rob you of the potential of what God would want to do in your life and and through your life. So here's a good question for you this morning, not just for the folks here, but for all of those watching online. Is, is there some weeds that you need to pull in your life? Is there some things maybe that's been not only competing with God, but they've actually choked, choked the, work, the work of God, the word of God, out of your life? And that brings us to the final soul that Jesus mentions, and this is where we want to be. This is where we want to live. It's the good soul. And I think the good soul represents this, a cultivated heart. A heart that's ready, right, responsive to what God wants to do. The good soul that Jesus identifies has incredible potential, needing only God's word to make it a reality. And when his word meets a soft, deep, uncluttered heart, then, then we will thrive. The growth is unstoppable if the soul is right. Listen, you don't have to work to make the growth happen. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that as a gardener. When I plant a seed, I don't have to work to make the seed grow. It's not like I plant a tomato seed and I'm out there every day trying to work to get the tomato seed to do what tomato seeds do. How many of you know tomato seeds naturally do what tomato seeds do? Are you with me? Corn seeds natural. I don't have to work to make the corn seed do what the corn. The potential's already there. It's in the seed. So it is in God's word. The potential's there. So what's the variable? The variable's the type of soil, the quality of the soil. If you get cultivated soft soil and you place the seed in the soil, it naturally does what it's supposed to do. It grows. It brings forth effectiveness. Listen to how Jesus summarizes this good soul in his explanation in verse 23. He says, but, one, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who, notice, hears the word and understands it. Takes the word, he receives it. And he produces a crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. So obviously, what we, we want to be the good soul. We want our hearts to be receptive to God's word. And we want his word to be productive in our lives. But hear me this morning. This doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. What it requires intention out, it requires some choices on our behalf. If we're going to be this this good soul that brings about the good harvest, then I think there's at least three choices that we have to make. The first is this. We have to choose to open our lives to God's salvation. To His saving grace. Listen, there's only one way to salvation, and that's through the provision of Jesus Christ. So if we're going to be the good soul, then first we have to, we have to open our hearts to, to the saving grace of Jesus. Secondly, you have to choose to die to yourself and follow Jesus. Listen, as we follow Jesus, we experience what he can do in and through our lives. 
See, if I'm on my own, I get exactly what I can do. And what I figured out in my own life, maybe you haven't figured this out, but what what I figured out in my own life, I get exactly what I can do. And what I can do is very little. But when I choose to say, no, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to die to myself, I'm going to follow him, then what I get what God can do. In and through my life, as my life is surrendered to Him. Here's the third choice that you have to make. You have to choose to allow God's Word to shape and guide your life. Listen, friend, we don't want to be those who just hear the Word. We don't want to be those who just talk about the Word, right? We want to be those who live the Word. Taking God's Word, the seed, allowing it to root in our lives, to transform our lives, that we're then now taking God's word and we're living it out. In Psalm chapter 1, the psalmist speaks of what happens when our hearts like good soil. What happens when the word takes root in good soil? Listen, Listen to What the psalmist wrote, Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But notice, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And it goes on to say, and the latter part of verse 3, and whatever he does will prosper. And whatever he does will prosper. Why? Because it's God's word rooted in our lives. Bringing about what? Bringing about a great harvest. Bringing about that of fruitfulness in our lives. You know, as we look at these four types of soil that Jesus spoke of, this is what we get to determine this morning. We get to, ter- we get to determine what type of soul will be. That's what Jesus is telling the story. This morning, you're going to find yourself in one of these four categories. Either you're like the path, you're like the rocky soul, you're like the thorny soul, the soul that has the thorns and weeds, or you're the good soul. You get to determine. But better than that, The good news is, is you don't have to stay where you're at if you're in the first three categories. A closed heart can become an open heart. The rocky soil can have, like the soil broken up, you can add some more soil so you have depth of soil. In other words, it doesn't have to stay the same. If you happen to be the thorny soil, then you can pull some weeds. The good news is you don't have to stay where you're at. What all of us can be in that place of which Jesus speaks of representative of the good soul that receives the word, that brings about this harvest, that brings about this fulfillment, that brings about this God-honoring life. The sower is good. God's good. Seed's good. God's word's good. May we be the type of soul. May our hearts be conditioned as such that we can experience the fullness of all that God has for us. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for your word that's alive and life transforming. God, I thank you that your will, your plan for us is good. Lord, what I also understand in the midst of all of these 
equation, Lord, there's the variable, and the variable is the soul. The variable is the condition of our heart. Now, Lord, this morning, we pause just for a moment to say, Holy Spirit, shine the light on our heart. Is there anything that we need to see? Is there anything that we need to understand? Is there anything that we need to correct? Is there any weeds that we need to pull? With every head bowed and eye closed, even for those watching online, I just want to ask you a few questions. So just while you're not looking around, you're just kind of thinking about your life. Which of these souls represent the condition of your heart? If you were to say, path, rocky soul, thorny soul, or good soul. Which, which one? You're in one of these places today. Which one? Here, here's a second question. Are you... Are you pleased with the condition of your heart? Are you pleased with where you're at? And the third question, what area of your heart needs to be transformed by God? What might you need to surrender today? This is another question, what might you need to eliminate? What might you need to unclutter in your life that's keeping you from where God wants you to be and what He has for you? Holy Spirit, bring revelation for us today. Lord, if there are individuals here who have a heart that's kind of like the path God, I pray today that they would be willing to allow you to bring about a breaking up of their hearts rather than being hard and not responsive. God, that they would be the the cultivating of, of their heart, that they would be receptive. God, I just believe you have greater, greater things for us. There's individuals here today who... the condition of their heart would be like the rocky soil or just where it's shallow God I pray Lord that they would um, add a little soil Lord that they would be able to have the roots of their lives go deep deep into you that would bring about greater fruitfulness and probably for a lot of us I know for me there's some weeding that needs to happen in an ongoing fashion. So Holy Spirit, if there's places in our lives where we've allowed things, schedules, pressures to choke out that of your good work, your word in our lives. Holy Spirit, help us to identify those weeds and to do a little weeding today. Lord, what we want is we want to be like the good soul. 
that receives your word, that receives that of, of your work, embracing that of your will, Lord, experiencing that of the fullness of all that you have for us in our lives. And moving forward from this day, Holy Spirit, help us to keep our hearts tender and responsive to your will and your work. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.